Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick? And apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! Do you know what we are doing today? We are on a Saturday here. Mm Mm-hmm. Which normally means that we're going to be doing a Q&A Saturday. That's right. And what are we queuing and aing today? Today we are covering the four chapters that we did this week instead of five. Why was that? Because I was sick. Why were you sick? I, I guess I didn't pray hard enough <laughs> or something. I don't know. You got better, so you must have done something right. I mean... Better is like... You're not as bad as you were. I'm not as bad as I was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I took a home COVID test and it came back negative. Right. And I just... I protest that, honestly. (laughs) I feel like what I have is COVID. Right. But anyway, whatever. Yeah. Be that as it may, we are covering Isaiah chapters uh, 35 through 38. All right. You ready to do this? I am. Are you? I'm I'm ready. Let's do it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, so here we are jumping into our Q&A for chapters 35 through 38 of Isaiah. Okay. Before we do that, I did want to reiterate that the book of Isaiah is divided into two main parts. Right. And we are approaching the end of that first part. As a matter of fact, if I hadn't gotten sick... We would have finished it? We would have finished it. Oh, Do you man. know how much that pains me? Probably a lot, I'm um, sure. The yeah. way that the book is split, first Isaiah is chapters 1 through 39. Oh, yeah. And we could have ended the week with 39. I know. But I you know. got sick. I did. I know. All right. Well. And then, of course, uh, second Isaiah, which is the second half of the book of Isaiah, is right. chapters 40 through 66. Okay. All right. So we have noticed that first Isaiah is primarily concerned with the judgment and salvation of the kingdom of Judah. Right. And Isaiah condemns the people of Judah for they for their idolatry, injustice, and hypocrisy. Right. And he warns them that God's judgment is coming, but he also promises that a remnant of faithful people will be saved. Right. So that's what this whole thing has been about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just wanted to, like I said, put that out there. Yep. That that's what we're up to. Okay. Um, I don't know if you recall in chapter 35, um, in verse 1b through 2a, um, it said, like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. Right. And I said that it's usually translated as a rose. Sure. But the other two flowers, and I couldn't remember one of them, um, it was the lily or the jonquil. Jonquil. Yeah. Okay. I remember you saying that at some point in the mm-hmm. past. Yeah. But I, yeah. That's because this was something that was already said right, before right. in, I think, Psalms somewhere. Okay. But that is the flower that that I was trying to recall. Okay. So I just find it interesting because a crocus and a rose and a lily are nothing alike. And I don't know what a jonquil looks like, but I wonder if it resembles any of them. Right. Yeah. So uh, basically a fucking flower and we have no idea which one. Yeah. So it, it rep- yeah, it's a flower. It's a flower. Right. Okay. So that's all I'm going to say about 35. Chapter 36, we have some really interesting stuff happen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, chapter 36 was about the invasion of Sennacherib. This chapter describes the invasion of the Assyrian king Sennacherib to the kingdom of Judah under Hezekiah. Right. Okay. Officials from King Hezekiah's government meet Rabshakeh, the general of the armies of Assyria. Okay? Okay. And in verse one, it says, now it came to pass in the 14th year of King Hezekiah that Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the defensed cities of Judah and took them. Right. Okay. Now, based on the Assyrian king Sennacherib's annals, which I will speak of in just a moment, mm-hmm. which are found inscribed on a number of artifacts containing the record of the same event, the time referred to here can be determined as 701 BCE. Okay. All so right. now, what the fuck are Sennacherib's annals? 
right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. They're actual things that exist. Wow. Yeah. Okay. The annals themselves are notable for describing Sennacherib's siege of Jerusalem during the reign of King Hezekiah. Okay. This event is recorded in several books contained in the Bible, including Isaiah chapters 36 and 37, 2 Kings chapter 18, and 2 Chronicles chapter 32. The invention, the invasion is mentioned by Herodotus outside of the Bible, mm -hmm. who does not refer to Judea and says the invasion ended at Pelusium on the edge of the Nile Delta. Okay. So there are actual artifacts. So it's a that, historical event. Yeah. It's It actually happened, mm -hmm. which I questioned, so I was wrong, because I, I, you know, I don't know which I don't ones know to history. believe and which ones not to believe. Yeah, yeah. But, uh. Yeah, just, that's interesting. I, I found that so interesting, the historical part of it. Did you find that it said anything interesting about, like, did they mention 185,000 people dying at the hand of God on those tablets? Uh, no, I did not go in any further into what the annals are because okay. we'd have to actually read yeah. books for that. Right, right. So, which, which I did not do. So what we're doing here is giving people the... Uh, the highlights. The link. Here's here's the hyperlink to right to go check that out. Yeah, um, it go, is. Go a, check that out. Here's a thing that exists that you might find interesting because I did. Right, right. Not interesting enough that I want to go like read books on it, but right. just to know it's there. Yeah, you know that's cool. Yeah, no, that I mean, I actually that intrigues me very much, and you know me because mm -hmm. I love history. I know that's so why I, now. Now I might do some more research into that myself. Yeah, actually. I could not wait to tell you about yeah. Sennacherib's annals. No, the I'm, annals I'm of very, very interested. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it should be noted here that the text um, in Isaiah 36 chapter, or I'm sorry, chapter 36, verse 1, omits the admission of defeat and the payment for substantial reparations by Hezekiah to Sennacherib which is recorded in 2 Kings chapter 18. Oh, yeah. So Okay. Um I I always like when I You had remembered I that. I didn't remember that one. Like you had said something about that either during the podcast or when we were talking amongst ourselves. I can't remember which, but mm -hmm. you had mentioned that to me at some point, either like I said in the podcast or not, but Well, I I always when I see it come up a way that it has been mentioned like the event has been mentioned before, but here's how it differs. That's the part that interests me. Yeah. So the fact that they're like, yes, we did talk about this in Second Kings. However, right. this is how it differs. Right, right. So I, I, I just like that kind of stuff. So moving on, still in the same chapter, um, Reb Shikas speaks against Judah's, in, uh, uh, Judah's trust in an alliance with Egypt. One of the great battles for Hezekiah during this time was the temptation to make a defensive alliance with Egypt. Right. Right. We remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Which seemed to be the only nation strong enough to protect Judah against the mighty Assyrians. Sure. So in this sense, Reb Shakah is speaking the truth when he says, you know, you, you totally should just be defeated and, or give up or make an alliance or whatever. Right. Um, he's speaking the truth, but from a, a different perspective, like not in a godly perspective, so to speak. Right, right. Um, because within canon, God wanted Judah to have no confidence in Egypt at all. But Rabshakeh isn't saying all of that stuff 
um, and isn't doing this to bring Judah to a firm trust in God. He does it to completely demoralize Judah and drive them to despair. Sure. So that was pointed Rabshakeh out. was the messenger from Assyrian. the Assyrians? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, Sorry, I just wanted to clarify. I couldn't remember exactly. No, that's fine. So he was saying all this stuff and like three-fourths of what he said actually fell in line with God's message. Right. As according to Isaiah, but it was from a completely different perspective and for entirely different reasons, which made his message not correct. Sure. Yeah. So that's interesting. According to the Bible. Right. Oh, yes, definitely. Right. According to the Bible. Right. So then Rabshakeh speaks against Judah's trust in God. And in verse 7b, it says, isn't he the one whose high places and altars Hezekiah removed? saying to Judah and Jerusalem, you must worship before this altar. So Repshikon knew that King Hezekiah had implemented broad reforms in Judah, including the removal of the quote-unquote high places. Yeah. And we read about that in 2 Kings chapter 18 as well. Sure, sure. Okay. And I remember in 2 Kings, you and I are like, that's weird. Why are they getting rid of all of the different places to worship? Blah blah blah. You right. Know, making it them even all... seems like, and maybe I'm mis, uh, um, maybe I'm not associating this correctly. But like back when Moses was around, and we were talking about Moses and everything, there was a lot of quote unquote high places. Mm-hmm. Like the they would build altars on the tops of mountains yes. and things like that. And that feels like that's part of what the high places were. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting that now you know it's it's godliness to to build those, but then it's also godliness to get rid of them. Right. So it, it's a very interesting. And that is, that is correct. Okay. And it is, it is an interesting dichotomy. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. So the high places were spots of individual worship, which were prohibited by God's law in Leviticus. So it okay. first, they were building them. Um, I'm trying to think how, how I'm trying to say this. At first they were building them because they were traveling and it made it easier. Okay. Um, as they were spreading out to be able to, you know, hit up a place. Yeah. But now they're being used incorrectly. So that's why he's oh, getting rid of them. I see. And also it was allowing people to be lazy and not come into town. I see. Okay. So All right. that that's the reasoning for that. So Israel was commanded to bring their sacrifices to the official center for sacrifice, the tabernacle or later the temple within the city. In the pagan world at that time, it was customary to offer sacrifice wherever one pleased. Altars would customarily be built on high hills and forested areas or at other special places. Okay. That practice was fine during the time of the patriarchs. So during the time of kings. Okay, sure. But now God regarded sacrifice at high places as an offense. So Hezekiah took away the high places and the altars, demanding that people come to the temple in Jerusalem to offer sacrifice. Hmm. So what's happening here is basically as man changes their mind, they say that God changed his mind. Sure. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and it sounds to me, I mean, I'm probably a little off base with this, but like Hezekiah being the king wanting them to come into town to worship at the temple sounds like a monetary thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you Taxes want them. Taxes. Right. Yeah. It yes. gives you the opportunity for them to shop in town, to do this, that, and the other in town. Whereas mm-hmm. if they're not coming into town, they're doing it without any of those, yes. you know, 
fees that they would or or you know services that they would buy and things like that. So it sounds a little self-serving. It it, it was. And it, think about it too, enacting <clears throat> some kind of major change like this yeah shows that um whether it's true or not, we are making a change in how we practice our faith and the change itself shows our attempt to be closer to God. Right. Whether whether it's true or not doesn't matter. He's enacting this and the the very shaking up, it, it, like a new leader always comes in, right? And he does something new. Yeah. Right? Right. That was his thing. Okay. So he he did that for many different reasons, but said it was because that's what God wanted. Sure. Yeah. So, do we you. believe him? I don't know. Right. I, I'm just saying there could be many reasons for that. That's sure. All. Sure. But it is God came down and told him so one of them doubt it. Right. <laughs> just because, you know, I don't believe in that. Right. Well, and also even in the book, you know, God's not talking directly to Hezekiah. He's talking to Isaiah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's not really, we know that God didn't tell Hezekiah this probably. Right. If anything, Isaiah was like, we need to do it this way. And of course, a, you know, a preacher type person or whatever prophet, prophet is going to be like, yeah, bring him into town. Then he mm-hmm. gets more exposure to people that he can talk to. And exactly. You know, it makes sense. Yeah. It was it was a just a really smart act that they right. put together. Yeah. So whatever. Yep. Um, moving into chapter 38. Um, Isaiah made the announcement to Hezekiah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's going to happen. Right. Like you're you going to die. Right. Right. Yeah. So this happened at the time of the Assyrian invasion of Judah because Jerusalem had not been delivered from the Assyrian threat yet. Oh, so, so he fell sick during the invasion. This likely happened between 703 BC and 712 BC. Holy shit. Yeah. That's because you told me that the records show that they were there surrounding Jerusalem as early as like 701. Mm-hmm. So this went on for... A while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Or, well, no, I saw that would be later. 701 would have been later yeah. than 712 or 7. So yeah. Were, oh, yeah, yeah. My they were there for, backwards. yeah, I was going the wrong way. But but it's still, <laughs> still if we go all yeah. the way back to 712, that's that's like 11 years that they that were. they held out. Right. Yeah. That's fucked up. That's amazing. Kind yeah. Of, right. Right. So Hezekiah was 39 years old when he learned that he would be dying soon. Ah. Yeah. So I thought that was like. Wow, pretty amazing. Yeah, I can't imagine being 39 and finding that finding that out. That's pretty bad. Yeah. So, um, it, you know, 15 years later, he dies and his son takes over. And his son was a little shit who was no good. But his son took over at the age of 12. Right. And yeah. That was bad. Yeah. So that is really all I have. Um, I just tried to take some interesting things that we hadn't covered already. Sure. From um, Second Kings and Chronicles. Right. So. Right. Yeah. I. I again, we we kind of struggled coming up with new material to talk about during these episodes because this is something that's a rehashed subject that we already talked about in Second Kings and Chronicles and Chronicles. Um. So. Here we are again with the same information, mm-hmm. but uh, there was some new stuff that I learned today. Sure. I, I appreciate it. I, I'm definitely looking up that battle shit. That's yeah. in the in the annals and all that crap. So mm-hmm. that sounds really cool. 
Um, but that being said, I think that's all we have for today. Mm-hmm. So that was our Q&A for this Saturday. I, I don't think I was supposed to say that, was I? You were not. So what was it, darling? Q&A Saturday. All right. So we'll be back with a wrap-up tomorrow. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Before the wrap-up, we have, what do we have? We have a Patreon. Then I'll get the wrap-up. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be back on Monday with... Isaiah chapter 39. All right. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh, my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Oh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.